we'd like to welcome you back to part four of our current event and weekly Bible study for, oh, well, it's April 16th now, but it's actually April 15th is going to be the date on there, uh, 2018, this is part four, and I'm going to go back now to what we were just covering regarding Syria. And uh, I hate to segue back and forth, but this is one of those things where I have to keep checking the internet to see if there's anything breaking out about this because it's one of those things that I, I just, I'm so wanting this to spread and I'm, I'm wanting other alternative media, the bigger ones, to start covering and carrying this and, and let's let's make this a tidal wave uh, of momentum regarding this. But back to the Syria issue, this is a video, Tucker Carlson, why is Washington united behind a war in Syria? Vir Tucker said virtually all of official Washington Republicans, Democrats, have united behind the idea that the United States have a moral, has a moral obligation to go deeper into a war in Syria after the suspected gas attack, which there's no proof of, yet are merely asking obvious questions. We are told to just shut up and obey. I mean, they're just getting so flagrant with their tactics that one way or another, I mean, you know, <laughs> something's got to give here. So let's go ahead and... Well, virtually all of official Washington, Republicans and Democrats have united behind the idea that the United States has a moral obligation to go deeper into war in Syria. We already have thousands of troops in Syria, though you wouldn't know it from watching the other Robert Mueller-based channels. They're all Stormy Daniels all the time. <laughs> but it's true we do, and one American soldier's already died in Syria. We've killed hundreds of Russian citizens so far there and lobbed in a series of cruise missiles. But that's not enough, the pundits say. We need a real war, something big and deadly, primarily to avenge the Syrian president Assad's poison gas attack on his own citizens over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Here's some of the growing consensus on that. Assad and his inner circle should be considered war criminals, uh, <laughs> uh, legitimate military targets. If you this, have the this is coming from Satan himself, Lindsey Graham. Opportunity to take him out, you should. It's very clear to me that this president, after using such rhetoric on Sunday, has to take strong, strong. These are all the devil talking heads and in, in, in politicians that are that are behind uh, bombing Syria for no reason whatsoever military action than we did last year we have a leader who is now a war criminal supported by the iranians and the russians that's so this is this is assad the war criminal because he gassed his own people that that never they have no proof about and a strong and risky response if the west won't stand up when a leader uses uh gas multiple times against his <laughs> own people we live in a very dangerous world He's never used it once. So that's the consensus. Last night we asked the obvious questions oh. about it. Before we go to war, are we sure all of this is real? Do we really know that Assad <laughs> was behind the gas attack? It's not a defense of Assad, but it's an oh. obvious question. How could we know that conclusively so soon after the attack happened? We didn't have any Americans on the ground. And why would Assad do that, given the certainty it would hurt his own interests? And while we're on the subject, by the way, why is a war in Syria a good idea for the United States in the first place? How would it make us safer, happier, more prosperous? Those seem like reasonable questions to us. In fact, the exact questions you'd want your policymakers to ask. But no, they're not asking them, and they're offended to hear them. The first person we asked those questions to, Republican Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi, implied that we were somehow allied with Vladimir Putin just for asking. 
Other than that, Wicker had no answers at all. It was embarrassing, and he didn't seem embarrassed at all. Others just denounced us right off the top. Jennifer Rubin of the Washington Post tweeted this, quote, he is insane, meaning me. Fox is not a news organization. That is all. Noah Rothman of Commentary wow. called the show, quote, nothing less than undiluted Russian propaganda. Seth Mandel. Oh, I love how they're refru- refuting all of the obvious evidence that this attack, this gas attack never did happen. We are going to get to the, uh, we are going to show you conclusively what did happen because something did happen. We're going to show you that. Uh, but this just shows you how satanic the politicians are and the vast majority of the mainstream media. I mean, thank God for this Tucker Carlson. I, I can't even believe he's able to do what he's, he's doing. You know, some kind of voice of reason out there. New York Post summarized the criticism perfectly when he tweeted this, very simply, shut the F up. These are journalists, by the way. Yeah. No explanation. No. Of course, shutting the F up is the whole point of tweets like that. They want you to be quiet. They exactly. want you to do what you're told. No more questions. Shut up and obey. Exactly. There's no chance of that, though. Sorry. Good. Glenn Greenwald has been following all of this. He's the founding editor at The Intercept, and he joins This up. guy remains remarkably composed when he deals with all of these devils. I, don't, I couldn't do it. I would not be that composed when I'm dealing with pure evil, and they're telling me to shut my mouth, and, and they have all the facts are, are, are against them. They have nothing but lies to rely on, and yet they have the audacity to, to um, tell you to just shut your mouth and obey tonight so glenn I, you know leaving aside the real question of how you should respond to syria and is it a threat to the world order and to us and to its neighbors i think those are all fair questions but why the universal attempt in the media here in this country left and right to shut down a meaningful conversation about it the only time i think that the media praised donald trump was almost one year ago today when he bombed yeah. an airfield in <laughs> syria exactly. um, in response the first time he did it to what had been alleged at the time was a chemical attack by the Assad regime. Another absolute knee-jerk reaction. That's what I mean about Trump. It's like he's so, when it comes to foreign policy, it seems like he's just so easily duped and manipulated in, in knee-jerk reaction. And now he's got the, the cabinet that he's got around him now with Bolton and these other war hawks. I mean, it's like worst-case scenario. I, I just, I, I don't, you know, I'm sorry, but... I have yet to believe that he's playing some kind of 4D chess. I mean, it's a wonder we're not firmly into World War III right now. And that could, that could happen right now um, very, very easily. Uh, if Trump, if, if Russia retaliates and they say they're going to, there's more, there's more breaking about that. Where Putin's saying they're, gonna, they're going to have a, um, a response, a, 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 a very... Um, a response is going to have a lot of consequences. And, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's too far gone to even avoid that at this point. I, I pray to God it is, though. People who hate Donald Trump and go on air every day took a break for 24 hours to proclaim him presidential because that's what U.S. presidents exactly. in their eyes do yeah. is they just drop bombs on other countries. So, so basically, you know, every single day it's demonized Donald Trump's show. Been that way. Before the election was was final, before the act, I mean, the whole time, especially once Trump became the front runner, 100% demonization, day and night, in all the mainstream media outlets, other than other than Fox to a certain extent. I mean, I'm sure that there's people on there that do do that, but not everybody on Fox, obviously. It's been nothing but demonization ever since he's been in office. 
And then all of a sudden, when he does something that coincides with the New World Order's wishes, especially if it's going to get us into World War III, oh, well, he's going to have at least a day reprieve of you know, the mainstream media and the other slimebag politicians uh, praising him and saying, well, you know, that was very presidential, but, you know, you know good job, good job, you know, you're, you're serving Satan well. No declaration of war, no reason why U.S. interest or, or the U.S. borders are at stake when it happens. So I think that that's just the ethos in Washington, that not only is it just an inherently good and presidential thing to do to drop bombs on other countries, that's why right. polls around the world show that the greatest threat to world peace in the eyes of the public in, of, around the world is the United States. Um, but yeah, also, you know, is. Adam Smith wrote 300 years ago that the reason people who live in capitals and, and the elites in countries love to watch their countries bomb other countries is because because it gives them a sense of excitement and purpose and kind of this pulsating stimulation. And I think that's a really big part of it. It doesn't matter whether it will accomplish anything. It just makes us feel strong and powerful and purposeful to do. And so just... Well, but, but Satanists, it goes far beyond that. Cultists and Satanists and Luciferians know that every person they kill is a sacrifice to Satan. It's how they practice their religion. Not only that, they're making tons of money through the military-industrial complex. And they're creating misery, death, destruction, and they're making a ton of money along the way. So there, there's a lot to it. Bombs away. I think that's right. I mean, I think human nature explains a lot of this. I agree completely. But journalists exist to push back against that. Not necessarily against war, but against a heedless rush toward anything. I mean, our job is to be skeptical and ask real questions. Why is no one doing that and anyone who does is attacked? So, you know, the, 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 just about every name that you mentioned in the media who, who attacked you for raising questions about whether or not we ought to actually go and bomb another country are all essentially neocons. The, the same people who were doing this in 2002 yes. and 2003, saying anyone who asked questions about whether we should actually go to war and remove Saddam Hussein was, a, was a, a, an admirer of, of, of the Saddam regime. They did the same in 2011 when it came time to remove Gaddafi. They said if you're against that war, it means you love Gaddafi and you want to see him slaughter people. It's just the standard tactic. Um, and what we have now is this kind of union between neocons who, who have now once again kind of been embraced by both the establishment wings of the Republican and Democratic Party um, and the militarists in both parties, people like Lindsey Graham and lots of Democrats who right. love every single war. Um, and so this climate arises that you're just supposed to cheer when it comes time to drop bombs on other countries, not ask whether there's evidence to justify it, not ask whether it will do any good, not ask whether it will kill any civilians and if you do ask those questions it means you're on the side of america's enemies it's an incredibly authoritarian tactic that gets used to suppress debate yeah, amen amen i agree glenn greenwald thank you as always I, I couldn't agree more with both of their assessments of this uh, thank god that there's still some journalists out there like that um <clears throat> okay let's go to this next video now uh now again this was one and i'm, I'm purposely pu publishing some of these not only because it bolsters what we're talking about, but this one was published on um, um, March 17th of this year. So this was this was just about a month ago. Okay, a month ago. U.S. training Syrian terrorists for false flag chemical attack <laughs> as basis for airstrikes. So they were planning this probably way more than a month ago. So that they could send their devil terrorists that we've trained, America's trained, NATO and America's trained, 
to foist a false flag terrorist attack as a basis for our airstrikes. This was a month ago. This this report came out. Okay, but the thing is, is if you had listened to the, the one of the previous gentlemen, the state senator, he had talked about that Syria had done such a good job of subduing the enemy and taking over them they weren't even in a position where they could really launch a false flag chemical attack because i believe they'd even taken out any chemical weapons that they may have had so they had to go to plan b which was okay we'll have a truce with you we'll get all of our people out there serious treating them super nice taking their injured away in air-conditioned buses and at the same time they send the white hats in to basically accuse syria of a chemical attack that never did ever happen and we again we are going to look we're going to look at that okay russia's defense ministry says u.s instructors are training terrorists now remember this is a month ago are training terrorists to stage a false flag chemical attack in south syria the incidents are said to be a pretext for airstrikes which now we know have already happened on the syrian government troops and infrastructure and this was a month ago so let's see what they have to say here Russia's defense ministry says rebel groups have been armed with chemical weapons in Syria and are planning to stage false flag attacks as a pretext for the U.S. to carry out airstrikes. <laughs> it happened! Representatives of the Russian armed forces have said they have information, reason to believe that the United States at its Al-Tanf base in Syria has been preparing squads of rebels, fighters, to stage a chemical provocation, a chemical weapons attack in the south of Syria, in Daraa, which borders Jordan and Israel. They've been uh, provided, allegedly, uh, as many as 20 tons of chlorine, as well as detonators disguised as, uh, disguised as cigarette packs. And uh, this attack is imminent. Defense officials have said that this attack will be blamed on the Syrian government and will be used as an excuse by the United States and its allies to strike at Bashar al-Assad, his government and his military directly. The provocations mentioned will be used as a pretext for the United States and its allies to conduct airstrikes against military and state infrastructure in Syria. We are seeing that such strikes are being prepared by warships in the Mediterranean, the Red Sea, and in the Persian Gulf. At the same time, speaking in Astana, Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, said that the Syrian conflict is beginning to look less like a proxy war than a direct confrontation. There are U.S. special forces on the ground. They are no longer denying this. They are accompanied by the British, French and special forces from other countries. It's not a proxy war anymore, but rather a direct involvement in the war. We condemn their illegal presence on Syria's territory. The US-led coalition is not legitimate from the UN point of view either. We are pragmatic people and we understand that we should not engage in armed conflict with them. Representatives of the Russian armed forces have also talked about the situation in East Ghouta, from which they say 47,000 civilians have fled uh, in the last several weeks. They say there's a huge operation, humanitarian operation underway. Uh, three convoys of aid have gone into Ghouta uh, as well, and they say the UN, UN representatives on the ground in East Ghouta have 
praise the Russian and Syrian effort in uh, relieving the situation there, providing food and other aid for, 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 for civilians in need. They also say that armed groups in East Ghouta as well as Islamists have expressed their desire uh, to leave, uh, to leave East Ghouta for Idlib, for uh, other locations once their sponsors uh, give the green light. Well, these are the latest pictures from one of those humanitarian corridors. Crowds of people are using the escape route to reach government control areas. Over 44,000 people have managed to flee from Ghouta so far. It's the biggest single exodus since fighting escalated last month. The first to make it to safety were children, women and the injured, according to the Russian Defence Ministry. They were given basic supplies when they reached the government-controlled side of the corridor. Here's how they described life under militant rule. The militants were living with us next to our houses and inside them. They would open a road amongst the houses to be able to move. They would not leave and we did not dare to say, get out. They fired at us. They didn't want us to escape at all. They fired at the car's wheels so that we couldn't leave. We had no food or water. There are 10 of us and we could not buy a kilo of flour. We were starving. We wanted to escape, but they wouldn't let us. We fled against their will, so they fired at us. And half of the people were shot. Look at our children, bare feet, hungry. See, this is how loving the, the rebels are and the white hats are that we're getting the official narrative from. You know, shooting innocent civilians that are trying to flee an area because they're so wonderful and peaceful and loving. And they, re they really do embody and represent what Islam is all about, which is death, hell, evil, just anything you can consider in your mind, pedophilia, anything you can consider in your mind that's wicked. That's what Islam's all about. And without clothes, but the militants showed no mercy. The aid was given only to certain groups. Most of the medical aid was sold. It was from humanitarian agencies and the UN and was distributed in Ghouta under the supervision of our government. But the militants were selling it. Right. The, the militants being the, the, the Muslim terrorists that are trying to overthrow the Assad government and the same ones we're relying on for the official narrative, essentially, about the Syrian gas attacks that never happened. Shows people fighting over just a little amount I of rations. I don't remember the last time I ate. We didn't have food in our village. The militants took everything that the humanitarian convoys delivered. Sick devils. Just sick. Meanwhile, the UN's special envoy to the country has welcomed a brief ceasefire in the city of Douma in eastern Ghouta. Stefan de Mistura also renewed calls for an end to the hostilities across Syria. Further meetings have been taking place since the Secretary General's briefing between the Russian Federation and Jaish Islam in the last few days on the outskirts of Douma. The result of this engagement, a tenuous fragile ceasefire between the government, Russian military and Jaish Islam forces has continued to largely hold for the sixth 
day now. Let's hope that that for the ceasefire holds. Now, remember, in the meantime, after this report, because this was a month ago, Syria beat them. They beat them, and that's why they basically put up the white flag and they say, okay, we want a truce. And under the truce, they were the ones that were, the, the terrorists were the ones that were accusing the Syrian government of a gas attack on its own people, which would really make no sense. Literally, why would you, I can understand you attacking the, the terrorists maybe with gas. That, that would make a little bit of sense, but why are you going to attack your own people that are coming to you for help, they're fleeing to the government, these people that are trying to get out of Ghouta, these 44,000 that were fleeing. They're fleeing to the government, to the Assad regime that's going to have compassion on them, just like they're showing to the literal terrorists, taking their wounded away in air-conditioned buses and giving them, you know, letting them walk away with their small arms on them and stuff. I mean, how, how, how cool could you possibly be? I mean, yet they're saying that Assad's the one that gassed his own people. It, it's just... When you really start to look at this, it is absolutely the height of insanity, the official narrative. That has been at least one good news among very bad news. Eastern Ghouta was seized by rebels in late 2012, and since 2013 has been under siege as the Syrian army tries to recapture the area. The Assad government has now succeeded in driving the militants into three small pockets. Now remember, but Assad's doing it to try to minimize damage to both infrastructure and human life. So they could go in there like, you know, a bat out of hell, like a bull in a china shop, and just annihilate everybody including their own citizens and probably beat them back pretty quick but they're not taking that approach they're trying to do it in a more measured manner so that they can keep casualties down to a minimum but you know they don't get any credit for any of that regaining control of much of the region despite the advances many civilians there are still living in dire conditions political analyst and author phyllis bennis told us the humanitarian crisis will be felt right across the middle east there is no place for them to go. The country of Syria has been decimated by these seven years of war. Uh, and people have been moved from one place to another looking for safety and not finding it. Those who have been driven out of the country are finding the, the gates of other countries closed against them. Most notably, of course, the United States, which has... God bless them all. And I, I really ask that you pray for these people. A lot of them are Christians. I mean, it's kind of an admixture of a lot of different... but. You know, I pray to God for their salvation. I pray to God that, that he deliver them and and um, give them a home and, and give them peace and stability. But man, it, it just seems like they're just being like driven from pillar to post. And, and, and I can't even imagine the kind of stress levels these poor people must be under. It's prohibited refugees coming from Syria altogether in the context of the so-called Muslim bans that Donald Trump has imposed. But even the country's closer, the countries right in the region who are already taking care of hundreds of thousands, in some cases more than a million refugees. In, in Lebanon, for instance, it's a very small country. One out of every four people in that country is now a Syrian refugee. In Jordan, where there's over a million refugees, but there's simply not enough water available. So the humanitarian crisis is, is massive on a regional level, certainly within Syria is the most serious then on the regional level and on a global level. The Syrian refugees are facing a, a devastating future. I mean, Russia's defense and the thing is, is that our country, our American government, that's trained the Syrian, quote, rebels and the White Hats and, and, and 
basically every single Muslim terrorist sect over there that is going after the Assad regime are responsible for this unbelievable amount of misery that is being caused that's totally unnecessary. It's so satanic. Okay, so back to the report here. Next one. Eyewitness testimonies during the Syria, quote, alleged chemical attack explain uh, how the whole thing was staged. On April 13th, the Ministry of Defense of Russia released a video showing testimonies of two doctors, who, and there's a link to it, who were on duty at the Duma Hospital. This is where they should have been flooded with people from the chemical attack, okay? Two doctors that work there, they're on duty that day. When the alleged chemical attack took place in the Syrian town on April 7th. In the video, one of the two doctors said that the hospital received several civilians who had been injured in an airstrike of this Syrian Arab Air Force on Douma in the morning of April 8th. I would imagine that the Syrian Air Force was attacking Douma because they were, they were attacking potentially rebel-held positions. I don't know. Maybe some stragglers or whatever that were already in there. Anyway, Dr. Al Jayesh said the airstrike had hit the last floor of a building causing a fire. This led to suffocation of some civilians who were trapped in the lower floors of the building. But it wasn't a chemical attack. Okay. It was actually, it sounds like it was friendly fire. Okay. While the doctors were treating the injured civilians, a man shouted in the emergency hospital room, probably a white hat. Remember, they went there under the, under, under the flag of truce. The white hats went into the town under the flag of truce and were evidently looking for their opportunity. And a man shouted that, um, a man shouted in the hospital's emergency room that the injuries were caused by a, quote, chemical attack even with no proof, which then led to chaos, according to Dr. Al Jayash. Okay, and there's a Twitter pic of him, there's the interview of him, it's all linked. And then it goes on to say, while people, while, while treating the people who were suffocated by smoke and dust, smoke and dust, not chemicals, one of the people who were present, and remember, the, the, from the, from the uh, state senator, he said it, the initial report was that it was a chemical attack that was sarin. But then they said, they said that they, no, they smelled chlorine. No, sarin's odors. They couldn't even get their story straight because it was such a lie. So they're not even mentioning that in here. While treating the people who were suffocated by smoke and dust, um, one of the people who were present said that the strike was a chemical attack, which, which led the people in the area hospital to deal with the cases as injuries caused by chemical weapons. That was Dr. Al Jaish said in the video released by the Ministry of Defense of Russia. Moreover, the two doctors stressed in the video that there had been no symptoms proving a chemical weapons use. Both doctors were also able to prove their presence in the emergency room of the Duma Hospital, and meaning they were both working, they were both on call that day in the Duma Hospital during the incident via a video published by the Syrian opposition uh, news outlet. Um, so this was the Syrian opposition news outlet that was even able to verify this, okay? So the bad guys. Several experts suggest that a carbon monoxide poisoning might be behind the deaths of the Duma attack victims because they got suffocated. They were trapped from an airstrike, okay? The Syrian Observatory from Human Rights, uh, which is SOHR, even reported from day one that carbon monoxide poisoning had been behind the deaths of civilians who were trapped in a basement from a long, for, from a long time after the airstrike, meaning they ran out of air. Because they were they were in an area that that 
that got collapsed, there was no air going in or out, so they suffocated. Or, you know, Syrian pro-government sources noted that both doctors could have left Duma district under the evacuation agreement between the Damascus government and Jaish al-Islam, but they opted to stay. This makes the testimonies of these two doctors even more credible. I Meaning they didn't try to they didn't like try to give some bogus story and run. And and no, they both stay and they they didn't go anywhere because they got nothing to hide. They were both on call, both on duty, and even the opposition Syrian news reported that. So just yet total more confirmation that this is a total lie. And then then we have this, which is what got it really all started, which is what got Donald Trump to another knee-jerk reaction to kick out all the Russian diplomats from America for literally no reason whatsoever. This was the first knee-jerk thing about Syria, which made no sense at all. Somebody has some explaining to do, or did the Syrian airstrikes just distract the citizenry from the reality surrounding the scripple poisoning, I mean, the, the, the poisoning of the Russian um, spy in England that got this whole thing all started. Remember how we were told uh, by politicians, not the scientists, that a deadly Novichok nerve agent produced by Russia was used in the attempted assassination of the scripples, the, the, I guess his, the, the spy and his daughter, I think. Remember, the 50 questions, and they post links to them, we had surrounded, we had surrounding the facts, the quote facts, as Marisa, as Teresa May had laid them out. Ever wonder why, given how utterly deadly we were told this chemical was, the Scripples wandered, wandered around for a few hours after being infected, and then days later, survived with no chronic damage. If it was that deadly, how could they have survived? no chronic damage well those doubts may well have been answered as according to the independent swiss lab speech lab the substance used on sergey scripple was an agent called bz b as in boy z as in zebra which has never been produced in russia so if russia was trying to kill its own spy why would they use a non-russian nerve agent but was in service but this nerve agent that was used, BZ, was in service in the U.S., U.K., and other NATO states. RT reports that Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said, citing the results of the examination conducted by a Swiss chemical lab that worked with samples that London handed over to the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, or the OPCW, they said that Skripal, a former Russian double agent, and his daughter, Yulia, were poisoned with an incapacitating toxin known as 3-quinucylindolyl benzylate, or BZ, which is produced in, which is used by the UK, NATO states, and the US, not Russia. The Swiss Center then sent the results to the OPCW. However, the UN chemical watchdog limited itself only to confirming the formula of the substance used to poison the scripples in its final report, without mentioning anything about the other facts presented in the Swiss document uh, the foreign Russia added, because they, they didn't want to, they just basically said the bare minimum they could possibly say, okay? He went on to say that Moscow would ask the OPCW about its decision to not include any other information provided by the Swiss in its report. 
On a side note, the Swiss Lab is also an internationally recognized center of excellence in the field of nuclear, biological, and chemical protection, and it is one of the five centers permanently authorized by the OPCW. The Russian foreign minister said that London, meaning London, England, refused to answer dozens of very specific questions asked by Moscow about the poisoning case, as well as to provide any substantial evidence that could shed light on the incident. So again, it's just like Syria. Oh, knee-jerk reaction. Oh, they, Russia poisoned its own double agent. I mean, listen, that happens all the time. You're a double agent, you're fair game. I mean, your, your life's at risk till the day you die. It doesn't matter what government you're working for. It, like it's some big gigantic war crime to kill your own double agent that, that went rogue on you or whatever. Now, granted, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that happens, is a, that's like the minimum of what happens on a daily basis. With, with this type of stuff and yet we're so morally outraged over one double agent that got poisoned or whatever and rush kicks out all the uh trump kicks out all the the um the uh diplomats from russia from america over that and then he and then he attacks syria over over this boat i mean i i mean it's just unbelievable what we're dealing with here now, this was originally published in March of 2007. Bombshell, top U.S. general, says Syria attack, the Syria attack was staged, exposes secret plan. Now, this is Dr. Wesley Clark, or General Wesley Clark. Wars were planned, seven countries in five years. This is what he was told, and he this was originally published in 2007. They wanted Syria a lot sooner than this. Okay, uh, but basically um, everything hasn't worked according to their plan, thank God. So we're going to hear from General Clark right now. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon. and Now that is not George W. Bush because it sounds like him, but it's, it's General Wesley Clark. I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and... And Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz, I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, "Sir, you gotta come in. You gotta come in and talk to me a second. I said, "Well, you're too busy." He said, "No, no." He says, "We've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq." This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, "We're going to war with Iraq. Why?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. <laughs> so Because uh, they want to destabilize it, like they did. They want to demonize it. They want to kill a lot of people. They want to steal a lot of their, their natural resources. Or, or Oil is usually typically always involved. Uh, they want to create as much death and destruction as they can. Look at the depleted uranium that they used and all the horrific side effects that happened in its citizens and our own fighting men coming home from that illegitimate war. And, and so that's what they want. They want to destabilize those areas and install much more radicalized Muslim versions of the current leaders that were in there. Typically, these are nations that are not willing to play ball with America because they don't trust America, and obviously for good reason. So what they want to do is destabilize it, topple it, put their radicalized leader or, or, or a puppet leader that will follow America's commands... So that when World War III pops off, they'll have control of that whole region. So, well, did they find some information collect, connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They've just 
made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And uh, <laughs> he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. There you go. So I came back to see him a few weeks later. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon. Syria is the second one. That's who, who they want. That's why this has been such a crown jewel prize for them. They still haven't been able to get it yet. So it's, it's thrown a monkey wrench into their plans. Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So Iran is the one, I believe they've got all of those other countries other than the working on Syria, and Iran's the last one. Iran will be the next one. And I, I, you know, I'm praying that their planes don't work, but this is their plans. The truth is about the Middle East is, had there been no oil there, it would be like Africa. Nobody right. is threatening to intervene in Africa. Right. The problem is the opposite. We keep asking for people to intervene and stop it. And there's, uh, there's no question that the presence of... So in other words, oil, the pipelines. Now in Afghanistan, there was also the poppy, the opium. And there's other natural resources that they're going after as well, like in Afghanistan and a lot of these other countries that they've destabilized. And so it's just not, it's just not so simple as oil all the time. It's, there's usually multiple things. Uh, I think Putin had said recently that if, they, if the rebels were able to actually gain control of Syria, then it would be unabated Muslim terrorists be able to go up through Syria into Turkey and into Europe because they want to keep they want to keep contaminating and polluting and defiling Germany and Europe with their most radicalized fighting age men which are typically the quote migrants whether it's from Africa or whether it's from the Middle East that go up into Europe so that's that's what we're dealing with there petroleum throughout the region has sparked great power involvement whether that was the specific motivation for the coup or not, I can't tell you. But, but there was definitely, there's always been this attitude that somehow we could intervene and use force in the region. So there you go, from a, a general, a highly regarded general. Um, all right. Now let's play this video. Act of war, the real reason Syria was attacked. By now you've heard that Trump ordered missiles fired into Syria, a sovereign nation, an act of war, without the authorization of Congress. Something he himself criticized Obama for doing just a few short years ago. And while neocons, exactly. Zionists, yeah. and the uh, Ob Trump was condemning Obama for doing the exact same thing he's doing in Syria years ago. There's tweets of it where Trump did that, and yet now evidently it's okay. Military-industrial complex are all celebrating today. Most Americans probably can't even find Syria on a map. So here it is. This is where we fired missiles into a sovereign nation, not because it was crucial to national security, not because it was a preemptive strike to destroy weapons of mass destruction, 
Not because it was to contain the ever-growing communism. No. For a much simpler reason. A reason that can be easily seen if you keep looking at that map. And if you pay attention to the headlines that preceded this act of war, the unavoidable truth is we fired missiles into a it, sub- it, they're they're blaming Saudi Arabia and Israel collectively because they are heavily wanting us to uh, attack Syria, I guess, because of what they're going to end up getting out of it as well. Saudi Arabia and both Israel. Now, Israel's been attacking them like almost nonstop as well with their fighter jets. That hasn't got a lot of press, but that's that's been going on as well. Israel is trying so hard to get us into war with it. And, I'm, and I'm, when I, I say that, I mean the synagogue of Satan, which is what is in control of Israel right now. I'm not condemning all all the Israeli people, all the Jews or whatever. I'm not condemning them collectively. I'm saying the synagogue of Satan that rules over them is doing that, though. ...of our nation because Israel and the house of Saud wanted us to. And at the end of the day, what is America if not the militarized... And again, I don't think you can make it that simple. Like, just because Israel and Saudi... Yeah, okay, but let's talk about the, the oil pipeline they want to put through Syria. Let's talk about the potential to bring more terrorists through Syria. Let's talk about the um, potential for, okay, we put in our, our own puppet dictator in Syria and we're able to control them. I mean, it's, it's more complicated than just saying because Israel and Saudi Arabia wanted them to. There's probably about another 10 reasons I don't even know about, you know, that, you know, could, could be the case. Or that listens to our pimps. The excuse they used was an obvious lie and an insult to your intelligence. Right. We have breaking news out of Syria this morning. There's new video from Eastern Ghouta. That new staged video. Showing several people Syrian activists say were attacked with a suspected chemical agent. Even even though the doctors that were on call at the Douma hospital said that there was not one person that, there that was treated for any kind of chemical industry in, in, uh, injury. And if anybody's going to know, it's going to be those doctors. If it's a chemical agent or whatever. And there was like, no, nobody was... Yes, there was, there was the other... The ones brought in from the... Uh, airstrike or whatever that was more likely friendly fire of their own citizens why would they attack their own citizens why would syria do that it makes no sense at all it was most likely some uh thing that they were trying to hit maybe some other rebel enclave that maybe had, was, was holding out and that's why it happened those people got pinned in there and then they got asphyxiated they got they suffocated the debate that seems to be missing from this is uh, and this was actually mentioned by the by the uh, the ambassador. Was what possible motive might have uh, triggered Syria to launch a chemical attack at this time in this place? Uh, you know, the Syrians are winning. Don't take my word for it. Exactly. Take the American military's word. General Vergil, the head of uh, CENTCOM, yeah, he said to Congress the other day, "America, uh, Assad has won this war, right. and we need to face that." So, and hen then you got last week the, the and hence this is why Trump's saying we need to pull our guys out of there. The war's been won. Now all of a sudden we're just back in. It's uh, now it's all you know, everything. It's so satanically manipulated, and I, I hope at this point you can you can see that statement by Trump or a tweet by Trump that, that America had finished with ISIL and we were going to pull out soon, very soon. Uh, and then suddenly you go... Okay, I'm, 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 I'm very sorry. You've been uh, very patient waiting for us, but we do need to leave it there. I'm Imagine that. Sorry. So they cut, they cut this guy off when he starts putting out any kind of truth because it doesn't fit the official satanic New World Order narrative. Even though the real reason is clear. Clear to anyone paying attention. And I'll tell you what, Trump looked really weird 
when he made that announcement about they're showing a clip of that and i'm gonna when i get done with this i'm gonna pause this because there's a video called body language trump on the syria airstrike addresses the nation and i want to see what they're saying his body language was indicating because he looked like a totally different person when i don't know if you've seen that but i'm like what in the world he looks so weird he's acting weird you know so clear it's even mentioned on their outlets what is the american national security interest that would be served by regime change in syria well uh if you care about israel you're you're uh you have to be interested at least in what's going on in syria um but i just want to get back to the core question that i think a lot of voters have which is about israel what does israel have to do with syria Syria is not attacking Israel. Israel's attacking Syria. And they're openly, they're, they're basically um, all types of proof of that. And I, I think they're openly admitting it potentially in, in Israeli news. I mean, the airstrikes that Israel is still launching are still ongoing. And it's like one way. What's the American national security interest that is served? You, you said if you care about Israel, I do care about Israel. But what's the American national security interest that would be served by regime change? You can think of a lot of potential downsides, deaths, cost, etc. But you won't do anything. No. You might even make excuses. That's the guy that demonized Tucker Carlson because he merely questioned why and, and, and what is the proof and why didn't we look into this and why did we have this knee-jerk reaction when there was no proof there was a chemical attack in the first place. Uh this moron says tonight's target selection in syria shows just how awesome the cia is when they're focused on the right things lord have mercy well some people are even cheering this yeah if you can't see who oh, yeah. pulls the strings by now you never will oh. you will line up for the slaughter like all the rest have over the years as the ruling class has sold the blood of our young men to the highest bidder while you stuff your face with their poison and laugh at the shiny baubles they wave in front of you for black pill i'm devin stack so that's just one more take on it okay so i just looked at this this body language i'm not going to play it all it's, it's only a four minute video but basically what she says is that he's reading off a teleprompter it's not his speech um he is very has a lot of resolve he feels like he is in the right so he literally is buying into this he literally does believe and he's like, they, they ruthlessly slaughtered all these women and children, thra- and then thrashing around in pain and agony. And then, yet you have the eyewitness accounts of the doctors saying, no, there was nobody that came in with any kind of chemical injuries. We were the doctors on call that day. We haven't went anywhere. Um, they're lying. It's a total lie. There was no chemical attack. It was basically friendly fire from one of the Syrian um, things that hit a building and pinned some people in a building. Some of them suffer- suffocated, and the ones that did come in that, that that made it or whatever were just basically suffering from carbon mono- or uh, carbon dioxide type poisoning because they were they were in a situation where they couldn't get any fresh air. That was it. They weren't chemically poisoned, but yet Donald Trump is so. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what else to say. He, he just, he's not acting very bright. He's so bought into this without even looking into what, re- they, 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 they gave no time. It was just this knee-jerk, stupid reaction, bomb him. And he had all of his little Zionist neocon synagogue of Satan devils around him, cheering him on, saying, yeah, yeah, bomb him, bomb him, bomb him, kill them all. You got to show them that you're strong. You got to show them that you're not weak. 
and she said basically at the end, you know, um, um, I introduced to you, you know, the puppet Donald Trump, basically. And then he cited something about World War One, where that was the justification for this bombing because they used chemical weapons in World War One. And um, so he evidently he, according to his body language, he is believing what he's doing is right, which is really super scary because if that's his if that's all it takes to get him i mean the scripple poisoning same thing knee-jerk reaction believe whatever was fed to him he's not the brightest bulb in the in the in the in the light socket he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer if this is his capacity to make decisions of a gravity i mean we're talking world war three here that this guy is evidently going to get us into unless i guess god intervenes I, I don't know i don't know what else to think i mean it's it's really pathetic okay and just to reiterate one of the points that i talked about israel attacking iran's bases in syria israel carried out this just broke today, I believe. This is one of the many reports I've seen about this. Israel carried out four airstrikes on one of the largest munition storage facilities in Aleppo, Syria. What right do they have to attack Syria? What, what, what gives them that right? I don't, I don't get it. The facility was held by Iranian and Afghani militias, reporters said. Yeah, but if they're there under Syria's blessing, what right does Israel have to attack them? I'm not saying I'm I'm like pro-Iranian or Afghan, but if they're there with Syria's blessing, why, you know, is it some unwritten rule Israel can attack wherever they want and we can't question it? No official response from Israel about this, even though they carried out four airstrikes on one of the largest munition storage facilities in Aleppo. And then here's another one. 20 Iranian officers killed in Aleppo. I guess this is what happened as a result of it. They, they killed 20 Iranian officers. More than 30 ambulances now in Jabal Azan for rescue operation aftermath. The explosion at the Iranian base in southern Aleppo, Syria. Syrian media said explosions at the largest Iranian base in Syria. Iranian military base in Syria was targeted by unidentified aircraft Saturday night. Syrian media is reporting. It was Israel that did it. And it's a whole gigantic report. I'll give you the link to it if you want to explore it more. It's one of the many that I've seen. I mean, it's like Israel, the synagogue of Satan is doing whatever they can do to get us into World War III. And you're wondering why. I mean, they're going to get, they're like in the crosshairs. They're right there. Why would that, why, why does Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin and Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein why do they like doing what they do to little children? I don't know. They're insane. They're satanically warped and evil. They're of their father, the devil. It doesn't have to make sense. As long as it's evil, it, it causes, you know, death, murder, mayhem, destruction, and evil. I guess that's the only excuse they really need. And they make a ton of money off it because of, uh, of the military industrial complex, which Israel is a big part of that. And I should say synagogue of Satan is a big part of that next one u.s ambassador nikki haley arrogantly leaves the u.n security council meeting rather than listen to what syria's u.n representative has to say which would have been a lot of what i just presented to you in the last i don't know a couple hours about all of the proof that no chemical attack ever happened rather than actually 
uh, being a human being and having any kind of respect for Syria, good old Nikki Haley, and listening to the to the uh, Syria's UN representative has to say, U.S. Ambassador UN Nikki Haley gets up and leaves with her whole entourage. As soon as he starts speaking, it's almost like you know, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear. I'm I'm going to get out of the room before he can say anything. Like, talk about acting like a third grader. So that was that was how that was how they because obviously, it's clear it was a chemical attack by Assad against his own people, which would make absolutely zero sense on any level for so many reasons as we've just cited. So she doesn't even want to hear it. She, 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 she just rather put her hands over her ears and walk out the door. Absolute total insanity. So what are we going to... Okay, and then if you want to, if you want to read... Hear what he had to say. There's a YouTube video, transcript of Syria's UN representative, exposes the facts that Nikki Haley doesn't want to hear. It's like a 10-minute video. It's basically a rehash of what I've already went over. But if you want to hear that, there's the thing. They're very, the Syrians are very mature and methodical in the way that they respond to these things. They're very not knee-jerk. They're, they're, and yet, they're being demonized as these slaughterers of 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 the innocent and the exact opposite of of that is what's actually the case sorry I'm, i mean it's like 225 here i've been going a long time and i'm like i think i'm starting to lose a little bit of altitude um related stories to this here's one u.s to impose new sanctions on russia <laughs> over the syrian false flag chemical attack so it's not enough for us to launch an unprovoked attack on Syria, to try to do whatever we can do to provoke them. Syria, Russia, and their allies. Not, that's not enough. No, now we're going to impose new sanctions on Russia. We just kicked out all their diplomats over nothing, over the scripple poisoning, which was a total farce, most likely committed by England against them in order to start stoking the fires and start getting that animosity. Trump's buying into every bit of it. U.S. to impose new sanctions on Russia over Syrian false flag chemical attack. New U.S. foreign policy punish those who fight ISIS. New U.S. foreign policy to punish those who fight ISIS. Because Syria is fighting ISIS. We train ISIS. So our new policy now is we're going to punish those who fight ISIS. And Trump's going along with all of this. And according to his body language... When he made this announcement, he's firm in his resolve. He was standing very upright. The lady was saying he firmly believes what he's telling you. Yes, he's reading off a teleprompter. Yes, it's not his words, but he firmly believes that he is in the right. That's scary. That is really, really scary. I do not believe Trump is playing 3D or 4D chess, as some have accused. I... I you know, I'd love to eat my words, but you know what? The last 45 days have been a train wreck. You know, 500 million he gives to Planned Parenthood. How could your presidency not be cursed? Well, I had to do it. I had to fund the military. Oh, yeah, fund the military so they can go do this stuff. I get it. I get it. It had to be done. 500 million 
to the Baby Butchers Inc. of America. That by itself was enough for me to say, well, you just, you've just brought a gigantic curse on your presidency. How could God bless anything you're doing when you're giving $500 million to the Baby Butchers? Going along with everything Feinstein said, not doing anything, all of these sweeping gun regulations that are taking place on a state level and sometimes national level. He's going to even sign his own legislation to most likely ban bump stocks, raise the minimum age of purchase to 21. Uh, I think there's one other thing he's going to do too. And when there's the next school shooting or whatever massacre, then they'll just be all, and he's buying into all of this. It's like he's lost his brain. He's lost his ability to logically think all of a sudden. I, I, I don't know, it's scary. Another one. Trump vows to sanction more airstrikes against Syria if Assad dares to use chemical weapons again, even though he's never done it once. It's the Syrian terrorist Muslim white hats. Not They're not Syrian, but the, the terrorist white hats who we've trained and the other sects of Islam that we've trained that are orchestrating all of this. And what if there is another supposed chemical attack that they contrive and concoct? What if it's real this time? What if it's chemical weapons they actually are able to get in there without Syria getting it to them first? And then they blame it again on Assad. Well, then, you know, it'll be totally World War III. This is so frustrating to read this. I mean, this guy has just went 180 degrees. I mean, other than the, 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 the child sex trafficking thing he signed this week. I don't know. It's crazy. Next report. Trump signals U.S.-backed Muslim terrorist rebels. Uh, <laughs> Trump signals U.S.-backed Muslim terrorist rebels. Okay, if you commit more chemical attacks, I will blame Assad. This is what he's saying. President Trump is prepared to strike the Syrian government again should another chemical attack occur, regardless of who perpetuated it. Because he doesn't care. He's going to believe whatever is told him. It doesn't matter. He will automatically jump to the conclusion knee-jerk reaction it's Assad. they're attacking their own people again which makes zero sense and i'm going to attack them this just came out today putin said he predicts global chaos if the west hits again i mean the, i think they've got one free pass i mean they, no what am i saying he, he attacked uh, syria last year with all those weapons all those uh, cruise missiles last year and it was the same thing same lie same chemical attack lie our guy our our syrian backed terrorists did it that we've trained but they blamed it on assad and we fire all these cruise missiles so trump does have a pattern of being unbelievably pathetically easily duped when it comes to this type of scenario and foreign policy. And he surrounded himself with the most wicked, evil people, really, that he could, in order to perpetuate whatever lie they want him to believe in order to benefit 
the military-industrial conflict complex and the synagogue of Satan and NATO and, and these other allies that want to get us into World War III. I, I can't even comprehend this. This came out on um, April 13th. 200 U.S. military killed in Syria. Now, don't jump to conclusions. There's a reason for this. This didn't. This happened months ago. They just admitted to this now. 200 U.S. military killed in Syria and 1,800 private contractors. I'm assuming they were American. That's 2,000 people were killed in Syria. Americans. Did you hear about this? This was censored by Washington. Well, why would they want to censor that? Wouldn't that be the perfect excuse to get us into World War III and really attack them for a real legitimate reason? Wouldn't that be the perfect reason? We wouldn't have to concoct something? Well, on the surface, but let's look a little bit closer. Hal Turner posts the following today, which has been reported by the Russian news outlets, IRX.ru and WH24.ru. Just yesterday, Newsweek, Newsweek reported this. So they're admitting to this finally, that Mike Pompeo has now confirmed that the U.S. military killed 200 Russians back in February in a battle at the Euphrates uh, River in eastern Syria when the Russians were assembling a floating bridge. So we killed 200 Russians back then. It's a wonder that we didn't go to war right then. But that shows how much restraint, restraint Russia and Syria have had because they don't want to go into World War III despite every attempt on, on our part to bring that about. They're admitting to this. You can't say this is a rumor. They're admitting to this. Mike Pompeo is admitting to this. This was in Newsweek. This just happened. They just finally came out with this on April 13th. 200 American military troops have reportedly been killed in Syria, along with approximately 800 American private military contractors. So that's 2,000 people, 2,000 Americans. They're American private military contractors. They were killed by Russian airstrikes. According to reports from two Russian news outlets, the ones I just cited, the dead Americans were revenge for the Russian guys who died as a result of the American shelling reported in the U.S. media at the end of February. That was when 200 Russians were killed at the battle at the Euphrates in eastern Syria when the Russians were assembling a floating bridge. So we killed 200 of their guys, they killed 2,000 of ours. I don't know if it was calculated that way, but it was 10 times what we killed. The, um, the American troops and contractors were allegedly participating. See, this is why they covered it up. This is what they wouldn't admit to, I'm sure. Our, but the, um, the, full, the full story is the American troops and contractors were allegedly participating in rebel activities to overthrow the government of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. Wesley Clark, General Wesley Clark said that was the, Iraq, Syria was the second company, country, they have been trying to topple Syria going all the way back into the 2000s. Probably into early 2000s. They've been trying to uh, destabilize it, topple it, and put their own puppet dictator in there. They were our guys, these 2,000 people, were participating in rebel activities to overthrow the government of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, but were killed by 5th 
by a fifth-generation air, Russian aircraft, a Su-57 airstrikes in East Ghouta area outside Damascus. That's the same area that we were just talking about that got hit. That is allegedly why the White Helmets, a group run by the Army of Islam that we've talked about and funded by George Soros, concocted an allegedly phony chemical weapons attack to give the U.S. a public excuse for bombing Syria. So now they're saying they concocted this whole, which would make sense, at least it makes a little more sense, that they concocted this whole thing about the chemical attack that Trump bought into, just like he bought into the scruple poisoning. They concocted the whole thing to get, to get back at them for the 2,000 guys they killed. But the 2,000 guys that they killed were helping the rebels who were trying to overthrow the government of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. So they were doing something they should have never been doing. But see, we didn't want to come out and admit that. So we had to wait until we had to calculate some type of, of, of response where we could blame them. We wouldn't want to blame them out, outwardly for killing 2,000 of our guys because if you looked at the real reason of that, it's because they were, they were aiding the rebels that were trying to overthrow Bashar al-Assad. So they'd concoct this chemical attack in order as a pretext to go in there and bomb Syria. So I hadn't even talked about that yet. I mean, you know, that's a whole other reason right there. I mean, this is total insanity. Newsweek reports that Mike Pompeo, the CIA director nominated to be the Secretary of State, told lawmakers Thursday, this was April 12th, just four days ago, that the U.S. killed up to 200 Russians in airstrikes conducted against forces loyal to the Syrian president, Bashar al-Assad in February. Okay, so then they turn around and kill 2,000 of our guys after that. And that made us infuriated. So then we turn around and make up this thing about the chemical, wep chemical weapons thing in order to act as a pretext so we can strike them. Prior to Pompeo's statement, U.S. officials had remained silent about the number of casualties... Uh, inflicted by the coalition assault on pro-Syrian government fighters that the Pentagon claimed opened fire on the Syrian Democratic Forces in the eastern province of Deir Ezzor. But American mass media has remained silent about the American casualties inflicted by Russia, by Syria, and Russia. Okay, so let me read that again. But American mass media has remained silent about the American casualties inflicted by Syria and Russia in revenge for the dead Russians, says the news service. They didn't want anybody to really dig deep on that one. They didn't really want to come out on that one because, number one, it's embarrassing, makes us look weak. And number two, they were doing something they should have never done, which is helping and training the rebels so that they can oust Bashar al-Assad for no good reason. It's like they got their, their hand caught in the cookie jar and then they got their butts kicked really, really bad. So it was a, it was a total embarrassment to boot. It wasn't the type of pretext they wanted to bomb Syria. Made them look weak. And they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Whereas the other way, where they accuse Bashar al-Assad of chemical attacks against his own people, which makes absolutely zero sense, then he's the bad guy. You know? 
This way, it's like, well, yeah, we kill 200 of their guys, and they turn around and kill 10 times as many of our guys. We look weak. We shouldn't have been over there. We were trying to do bad things anyway. We don't really want to admit to that. Let's concoct this other scenario. And then there was that Russian news report from last month in March that we, that we read you where they were basically saying that the U.S. is preparing to concoct some type of pretext for chemical. Um, they're going to blame Syria on some upcoming chemical strike. They, 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 were, they were flat out telling you this in their news agency a month ago, and, and there it happens. trying to look at this objectively and it just it just looks like it's just one way where you know america is clearly in the wrong and clearly on the side of evil in this particular case i'm not a russophile by any stretch of the imagination but man i'm telling you this doesn't look good in march russian foreign minister sergey lavrov strangely commented the time of negotiations has passed the time of retribution has come now, he had just had 200 of his guys killed by our troops. No American media outlet could explain what Lavrov meant by those comments at the time because it hadn't come out that we had killed 200 of their guys. Now, the information about the 200 dead American troops and the 1,800 dead American, um, well, really 2,000 dead Americans, we, now we have an idea what he meant. Ten times retribution. Over the past week, since the alleged chemical attack in Syria, the U.S. has now been publicly stating it would conduct missile strikes upon Syria over the purported use of chemical weapons against innocent civilians. But it is now becoming clear that the real reason for desiring to attack is to atone for the 2,000 deaths of Americans. They should have never been over there. They were doing things they shouldn't have been doing, but it made us look weak to boot. Perhaps if Americans were not over in Syria trying to forcibly overthrow its government, they would have not been killed. And had they not killed 200 Russians the month before that, maybe they wouldn't have been killed either. There would have been no reason not to kill that many, that's for sure. Below is a video from Russia showing the Russian airstrikes on East Ghouta, which allegedly killed the 2,000 Americans. You can watch it if you want. It's all, it's all video. There's really no audio. I mean, you can hear the bombs going off. You can see it. It now appears the powers that be in the U.S. want to send more of our people to get killed. To avenge those deaths while we were doing something we should have never been doing in the first place. There is no legal authority for the U.S. troops to be in Syria and no U.S. national security interest for the U.S. to have troops in Syria. We shouldn't even be there. We have no business being over there. The entire debacle is a leftover from the adventure of the failed Obama administration. But he was just taking orders from his handlers. So I'm not going to say, you know. And then there's a related thing. Ex-Marine tells the truth about ISIS, how we armed them, trained them, funded them. If you want to listen, I'm not going to play it. Oh, boy. Now we get into the next part. This really takes a crazy turn now. Really, really wacky. Borderline zany. Slapstick, I'd even say. No, not really. This is actually really insanely crazy what I'm going to get into next. I'm going to keep trying to go here um, super late at night. But I'm going to try to keep going here so I can get all this up uh, hopefully tomorrow and get this out. Okay, um, I'm going to end part 
four here, and we will go to part five next. God bless you.